0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number Limited Edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hey there, it's Sanjay. While we're working hard on the next season of Chasing Life, and I'm very excited about it, I did want to share with you something that I did for CNN. I got a chance to travel to Cuba to investigate what seemed to be the most complicated and controversial brain mystery in recent years it's something that you may have heard of called havana syndrome you can hear part 1 now and part 2 next week it's about 5:15 in the morning and i am on the first leg of my trip to havana i'd like to take you on a journey
2: You're welcome to life language 2705 to havana
1: for a story that begins on an isolated island.
2: A bizarre mystery involving American diplomats in Cuba.
1: And soon confounds the world.
0: Several State Department employees at the American Embassy in Havana may have been subjected to what's called an acoustic attack.
1: I'll warn you, this will require an open mind.
0: Sounds like a tale straight out of a spy novel. Mysterious sonic attacks, unexplained illnesses, including head injuries, all over the world. Who is the perpetrator? What's causing yeah. it? Microwave weapons. Microwave. Microwave attacks on US intelligence officers.
2: The reality is that these devices exist.
3: Capability plus intent, the Russian government would have both. Anything is possible. It could have been Little
1: Green Men from Mars. But Why should I believe it? Do you have to see it to believe it? Yes. The way I see it, this bewildering mystery.
4: This is the cerebellum.
1: Is a mystery of the brain.
4: This suggests there is damage.
1: A mystery of engineering and physics. How fast does that energy move? Speed of light? At the speed of light. A mystery that has baffled America's top scientists. I can't explain it. And
0: devastated those who have been impacted. This was terrifying. Nothing could make a sound like what we heard. Severe pain on one occasion in the White House. This is scary. I don't understand what's going on.
1: Surrounded by a maze of unknowns, we will search for the truth in the science.
5: Calibration grid. These are organic responses, meaning you can't fake them.
1: And eventually, we just might find some answers. You think the brain is the battlefield of the future.
6: We're seeing that already.
1: Something happened.
7: Something happened.
1: Something happened in Havana. Was this a successful attack then? Absolutely.
4: Obviously, a a very
7: historic day with the U.S. Embassy opening for the first time officially since
2: 1961. It was a really hot day. wasn't even a breeze to make the flag blow. And yet there was this uh, incredible excitement. For the U.S. diplomats who made that day happen, they were so proud to open up an embassy. The time is now to reach out to one another as two peoples Dos pueblos ya no enemigos ni rivales, sino vecinos. That was really when the Cold War started to end in, in Cuba. And all of a sudden, there were just crowds of American tourists coming off cruise boats. Every day you were hearing about a different U.S. company coming in, having meetings, the celebrities you know, filming their series here. It just felt like times were changing. The U.S. was poised to have a huge amount of influence here, and so maybe it makes sense that, that another country would have wanted to interrupt that, would have wanted to sabotage that. It doesn't make sense, though, so that the human government would have allowed that to happen, because there was this economic vitality that had never existed here before, and that Finally, there would be something approaching a normal relationship.
1: But seven years later, relations between the United States and Cuba are anything but normal. Thanks to a series of unexplained health incidents starting in late 2016, which left dozens of American diplomats in Havana mysteriously ill.
2: Please raise your Just right hand. as
1: a new American president was taking power.
2: The State Department ordering all non essential diplomats and families out of Cuba after a string of these so called sonic
0: attacks, now called Havana Syndrome.
2: Havana Syndrome. Some very bad things happened in Cuba.
1: Very bad the new administration labeled the incidents as attacks on American officials and responded by all but shutting down the U.S. Embassy and all formal diplomatic channels with Cuba. But the mystery of what happened only deepened. Hi, How you doing? Welcome to Cuba. A mystery so inexplicable that colleagues of mine urged me not to travel to Cuba. There we go. Worried anyone could become a victim. Ultimately, it was a risk my team and I took to try to better understand What exactly happened to these injured Americans? What happened in Havana? That's okay now. Armando Pruna made a living out of driving American tourists around the island in his vintage 1957 Chevy Bel Air. You see it there at the embassy the day of its reopening. But like many Cubans, after the embassy closed, American tourism came to a halt, and his livelihood was crushed. So when you look at the embassy now, what do you think? For the people, it's terrible for the people. What do people think about Havana syndrome? Do they believe that it's real, that, that something happened? I don't speak about this with the people because it's, I don't know what happened. Nobody talks about it?
6: Nothing, anybody.
1: How much of an impact then, when you look five years later, did those health, unexplained health incidents have?
2: It was really the beginning of the end because of, right after that, then, uh, then President Trump issued some of the toughest sanctions we've seen. It feels like a different country and Cubans are now leaving in record numbers again. Uh, the economy, of course, because of the pandemic as well, is in terrible, terrible shape. Right.
1: Patrick Ottman is CNN's correspondent and bureau chief in Havana and was among the first journalists to learn of the early reports of American diplomats falling ill inside their homes in Havana's Miramar neighborhood.
2: Actually, it also happened in hotels. And one of the hotels is right behind us. That's the Hotel Capri. You had two incidents that happened there in April in 2017. The first one was this uh, American diplomat. He was living there for a little while. He heard strange sounds in the night, was in terrible pain, changing pressure in his ears, headaches. Uh, And it it was accompanied by this really strange sound. And then after that, a couple days after, actually, an American doctor who was coming here for the reason of investigating these incidents, he said he felt the same things.
1: That American doctor was Dr. Paul Andrews, a doctor for the CIA's elusive Office of Medical Services. I should note that Andrews is not his real name. After having served in the intelligence community for more than a decade, he's using a pseudonym for his own protection. And he's speaking out on camera for the first time.
6: Some of my family said to me, why are you doing this? I felt that to help the others and to help people understand that this may be a significant threat, that I needed to do this. Is it fair to say that you were really the first
1: person to raise a red flag and say, look, we need to at least be
6: digging deeper into what's happening here. I believe so. Having been at the National Counterterrorism Center, the mantra there was, if something was even 1% possible, but was a significant threat, you ran it to ground. In addition to being a medical doctor, Andrew
1: spent decades at various government agencies investigating potentially deadly and often classified health incidents. Training which no doubt prepared him for the day he noticed concerning dispatches from injured American spies working in Havana under diplomatic cover.
6: These were communiques from overseas. So I'm looking at a set of symptoms that are vague, that I don't really have a good understanding of. But the constellation of the imbalance or dizziness the headaches, the nausea. Yeah, that could be any number of things. But why a cluster like this? The
1: very first injured officer from the Havana cluster was brought to CIA headquarters at Andrew's request, where he
6: examined the officer himself. This is not my specialty, but I saw enough abnormalities in his balance, in his uh, hearing, in his eye movements that were abnormal when I examined them, and I didn't know what to make of them.
1: So days later, Dr. Andrews brought Patient Zero to see a neurootologist, a hearing and balance disorder specialist at the University of Miami, Dr. Michael Hoffer.
5: These are organic responses, meaning you can't fake them. I
6: mean, so he went through a battery of hours of tests some of which I observed. I understood that he had a significant uh, injury. What's the level of concern now? Much higher. We very rapidly got visas to to go to Havana. You're pretty concerned that something happened
1: to people down there
6: at that point. Yes. So how concerned were you about your own safety? I, I was concerned a little bit. I was warned by some colleagues that something could happen. I felt this had to be done, and I had to go. The problem is we didn't really know what we were even looking for. When
1: Andrews and his two colleagues landed in Havana in April of 2017, the incidents were still classified. Patients were told to not even discuss this with their own families.
6: We had a uh, van from the embassy pick us up, and take us to the hotel i get into the room and i i looked around i hadn't seen this before between every set of rooms was a small door and it was a service chase it was unusual did you think there was somebody in that space
1: i don't know this is that service chase potentially large
6: enough for a person to stand inside i looked out the window i was on a high floor and I saw nothing out there that concerned me. There was no other building at a height that would have a direct ability to shine something in my room, say. I think I went to bed probably around 11.30. I slept in my jeans and a t-shirt in case I had to evacuate quickly. And about 4.56, 4.57, I was awakened with severe pain in my right ear. I had a lot of nausea and a terrible headache and I never suffered from headaches before. The amount of ringing in my ears was just astounding and things were getting worse and worse and worse. And I started to hear the noise and I'm really in disbelief.
1: And you believe that that night there was some sort of injury or damage to either your inner ear, the nerves around your inner ear, or your brain.
6: Correct, absolutely.
1: That was five years ago. Spending time with him now, it is clearly evident that Dr. Andrews remains very debilitated. Dr. Hoffer is now Andrews' doctor as well. You and I both, you know, study the brain. We understand that sometimes these symptoms can be hard to define precisely. They're vague. How, how do you then say, well, look, this is something more than uh, these these descriptions and something that is more objective? Well,
5: we, we test them.
4: This is just to make sure that your head's still while we're doing the test.
5: One is the rotational chair test where we put someone in a chair and we, we use the goggles to film their eye movement. When the body is moved, the eyes move equal and opposite the body. You can't stop that. It just happens naturally. And if that reflex is impaired then that's an objective finding of an abnormality more strikingly was was the test of gravity function so in in both ears there are two gravity organs you know called the utricle and the saccule and these two organs control the fact that i know this is up and down and this is not up and down and if they're significantly impaired you're going to have balance disorders because you don't know which way up and down is you're gonna be devoting 60, 70% of your energy to staying upright. So it's gonna take you longer to go through emails and you're gonna figure out where your keys are. You're gonna get fatigued. And we found impairment in 100% of these individuals. Hmm. Not mild impairment, significant impairment. All well, of them. Yeah, all of them, all 100% of them.
1: All of the 25 American officials from Havana who were sent to Dr. Hoffer's office, he says, showed the same neurodysfunction including Dr. Andrews. Headache, nausea. How do you know with these patients that they didn't have this problem prior?
5: It's a good question. So to think that these people, all 25 of them, went down to Cuba with this dysfunction and functioned normally, and now all of a sudden feel something, it doesn't. just logically doesn't make sense. When you put it all together, you're pretty convinced something happened to people there. That much I, I definitely agree on. I'm not a forensic uh, pathologist, so I don't know what, but something affected them. Something happened.
1: New details on what happened next.
0: This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like.
2: your so office in this is little, uh, Yeah. Dr.
1: Mitchell Valdez Sosa is the director of the Cuban Neurosciences Center in Havana.
3: An interesting molecule developed by another center. As
1: one of the country's most respected scientists, he led the expert panel assembled by the Cuban government to investigate what happened to the dozens of American officials injured in Havana.
3: The first thing we have to look at is is this really a new syndrome? And if you look at the core symptoms, dizziness, insomnia, headaches.
1: They're present in many disorders. Like you say, there are lots of diseases that share those core symptoms. It doesn't mean that those diseases don't exist. Oh, of course not.
3: As soon as they started reporting that American uh, diplomats were feeling ill, we started studying neighbors, employees, people surrounding them. The Cuban government opened the doors to the FBI. That's the first in a long time come and investigate.
1: The head of the Cuban Academy of Sciences, Dr. Luis Velazquez Perez, also participated in Cuba's investigation.
3: A whole series of evaluations were made with the participation of our academic group, including physicists, doctors, neurologists, psychiatrists, psychologists. And we found nothing, absolutely nothing. All of the cases we studied turned out to have very mundane explanations. For example, there was a, a Canadian case, she was scuba-deriving, and there was damage in the ear. One case, just we saw a few months ago, is simply a history of epilepsy.
1: The Cuban investigation concluded that all of the reported health incidents in Havana were explainable, not by some novel syndrome. But instead, by the Americans' pre-existing conditions, and possibly other, quote, psychogenic factors. A controversial conclusion which suggests their illnesses were of psychological origin.
3: People start attending their symptoms, they amplified it, and this causes uh, reorganization of brain function, and it's real. But the cause is not necessarily what they believe. We've stated uh, to the Academy of Sciences our desire to work together to clarify this.
1: The National Academies of Sciences declined to work on these cases with the Cubans. But Dr. David Relman, the Stanford professor and world-renowned infectious disease scientist who led the American medical inquiry, says there was good reason for that.
7: In a perfect world, we would have involved the Cubans. The problem is some of the information is personal health information. We have to also understand that not everybody in the world has the same interests as we do. It's not a question of trust. It's a question of being rigorous.
1: And like any rigorous medical investigation, it must start with the patients themselves, individuals the Cubans never had access to, but Dr. Relman and his team
5: did.
7: We saw evidence in specific individuals of clear disturbance to brain function and even injury that we can't easily explain, but has to be understood as something that is real. These were people who clearly had suffered and continue to suffer. It was our task to explore and try to explain what might cause these cases. We considered a number of possibilities, everything from a chemical exposure, to an infection, to external stimuli like electromagnetic energy. And we said, okay, there is precedent for microwave energy causing sound in the head that others don't hear. And that was one argument that said, maybe let's walk down this path and see if we can fill out a possible story, a plausible story for microwave energy. And that's what we did.
1: In August of 2020, Dr. Relman submitted his panel's findings to the State Department with the surprising conclusion that the American symptoms were consistent with the effects of directed pulsed radio frequency energy. The report did not rule out other possible mechanisms, but the findings gave weight to a new theory that these injuries may have been caused by a microwave weapon.
3: That's an extraordinary claim. I need extraordinary evidence. And the evidence is very weak.
1: In fact, it's non-existent. As the saying goes, you know, Doc, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Just because you did not find things in those initial field reports, just because the patients had some variety of symptoms, if you talk to them and hear what they've said, what they've experienced, at least that original group of patients, it is, it's pretty compelling.
3: It's true that the absence of uh, you know, evidence is not a demonstration that nothing happened, but you don't start hunting for a mysterious weapon and trying
1: to find an attacker if there's no evidence of that. It is not uncommon for scientists to have different hypotheses when encountering uncertainty, especially when politics are involved. But the fact is, what started in Havana didn't stay there. Mark Lenzi was working as a member of the State Department's diplomatic security services in Guangzhou, China, when he and his family began experiencing inexplicable medical ailments. This attack that happened in Guangzhou, this was over a time span of three, four, five months. My wife and I heard these kind of clicking sounds. Nothing, Sanjay, could make a sound like what we heard. Around November of 2017, my wife and I both had short-term memory
0: loss. We were getting an increase in headaches. On a scale of 10, my headaches were, you know, 9.5. Like, I couldn't have gone on too much longer with the intensity of the headaches.
1: And we started noticing our kids to have these really bad bloody noses. And I really started to say, hey,
4: wait a minute, this is not right. You see right there is a diagnosis.
1: In Uh, 2017, uh, Mark Polymeropoulos, was a senior CIA officer on an official trip to Moscow when he says he was also attacked.
4: I woke up with an extreme case of vertigo and it was, you know, incredibly disorienting. I had a splitting headache and my ears were ringing. This was terrifying. There hasn't been a day since then where I've not had a headache, morning to night, when I'm asleep, when I get up, never goes away.
1: After China and Moscow, over the past five plus years, American officials have reported Nearly 900 concerningly similar incidents across the globe.
0: New cases have just surfaced in Vienna. The American embassy in Colombia. Cases reported in Tajikistan.
1: But the majority of those new cases, Dr. Relman says, can be explained by known medical and environmental conditions. But not all of them. The State Department sent many of those unexplained cases to the University of Pennsylvania, where Dr. Douglas Smith leads their Center for Brain Injury and Repair.
4: I assembled a team to independently look at these patients. I would say most people really doubted this, but a lot of the neurological symptoms that were examined were impressing our team members. And then sometime, I think in October, each one of the team members just said what they thought from their own specialty perspective, and 100% really felt there was something
1: there. So they were skeptical going into it, but every single one of them thought there was something there.
4: Absolutely. My opinion, and I think all the team members' opinions, are that there is something there.
1: Dr. Smith and his team put the patients through extensive testing, including auditory, vestibular, and ocular evaluations.
4: It turns out that ocular motor function was one of the most notable uh, issues with these patients, and vestibular. So these are measurements are not like 100%, but it's pretty clear to the practitioners that this is well out of the normal range if somebody not, was not able to perform these simple type of tests.
1: They also utilize an advanced type of neuroimaging called diffusion tensor imaging, or DTI. This type of imaging is still primarily considered a research
4: tool. The cerebellum is really important for your balance and coordination and a lot of body control, including eye movements. And this bright blue tells us that there's a very big difference in the type of imaging findings we have between the group from Havana and our control group this suggests there is damage.
1: Just to my eye, that looks like a lot. It's not subtle at all here.
4: There's no evidence that there's a pre-existing condition in these individuals. And we did see that the extent of these imaging changes seemed to correspond to the uh, extent of the symptoms.
1: Symptoms like headache, dizziness, brain fog. Symptoms most often associated with patients diagnosed with concussion.
4: One of the first patients I spoke with actually came up with this term, I thought it was kind of funny, she said, immaculate concussion. There's a whole part of this that's a mystery to us. We just don't know what that exposure was, what could cause this.
7: If you take a patient who has a
1: headache... Dr. Tina Shetty, a leading concussion expert, also treated Mark Lindsay. She says that Mark's symptoms were clearly consistent with mild traumatic brain injury.
7: His story was unusual and intriguing. What Mark exhibited to me was a constellation of neurological symptoms, which were typical of concussion. However, something was conspicuously absent. He did not have any clear history of a contact injury to the head or neck causing a whiplash mechanism, which could have caused the concussion.
1: Do you think that we might be describing a a brand new phenomenon here? That it is possible that a concussion without concussion The immaculate concussion, as it's been called. Do you think that that we may be seeing that here? I'm
7: not sure. I can't explain it.
1: Other victims, like CIA veteran Mark Polymeropoulos, have struggled for years with the invisible nature of their injuries. And like Lindsay, for a diagnosis.
4: When I finally made it to Walter Reed, they diagnosed me with a mild traumatic brain injury. And for the first time, I had something real. It was the first time I had a doctor say to me that, in essence, I believe you. I had tears in my eyes because finally someone believes me. What they are saying is, you're not making this up. It's not psychogenic.
1: In uh, medicine, we often ask, what was the mechanism of injury? Uh, The mechanism here is still unclear. It's a mystery,
4: right, right. But clearly something happened. Right. I was hit, I think I was hit by a direct energy attack.
1: Next week, you'll hear part two of the CNN special, where I'm going to explore the likely cause behind Havana Syndrome.
2: These devices exist. The science and technology is real.
1: Thanks for listening.